Hi, I'm Clinton Muntean, and welcome back to another episode of the Sound Connections podcast. Today, we're venturing outside the studio. This episode came about because a few months ago, we were hunting around Facebook, reading comments to a post that Shore had made. And one of the comments was from a guy named Frank who posted a picture of his tattoo. That tattoo was a giant SM58 on his forearm. Jen, our marketing director, sent me the link showing how cool it was. Well, when we clicked on his name, we realized he was in Florida. I told Jen, we've got to meet this guy. So she reached out and he was up and game for anything. So we asked him if he'd be on our podcast. It turns out Frank is a performer and the lead singer of his band, Slate Asidal, a suicidal tendencies tribute band. So of course, I pretty much dropped what I was doing and the next day grabbed one of my team members and we drove to St. Augustine to interview him. We want to give a big shout out and a thank you to Nobby's, which was the bar where Slate Asidal first performed, and they were nice enough to let us take over the bar for a few hours so we could sit down and interview Frank and get to know him better and hear his story. So without further ado, here's our interview with Frank, recorded at Nobby's Bar in St. Augustine, Florida. Hope you enjoy it. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Sound Connections podcast by Mainline. I'm here with Frank from Slate Asidal. Uh, tribute band here in St. Augustine, and he's uh, got a great story for us. This is one of our Origins episodes to kind of learn more about, you know, uh, people's backgrounds and music industry and the SM58 and Shore. So, uh, this is Frank, and, and Hello, he's got a buddy. Cool, cool story to tell. So fabulous. So first of all, Slade Idol. So, what is it? Well, my last name is Sladeish. So, and I'm a big fan of Suicidal. Our tribute band is a Suicidal Tendencies tribute band. So I put the two together and I got Slade-Acidal. It's been pronounced Sladical, Sladicidal, Slade-Acidal. Yeah. But as long as people show up to hear the music, that's all that really yeah, matters. I made that mistake earlier. <laughs> and that's okay. That's what life's all about. Cool. So when did, the, uh, when did you guys start? How long have you been playing? Well, I've been listening to Suicidal Tendencies since 83. And uh, professional life really took me away from music for many years and uh about so six or seven years ago uh friends of mine who've had bands for many years and stuff they knew my dream was to play some suicidal tendencies out and unfortunately for the person they they had cancer so cancer kind of like we know cancer sucks of course yeah. so more importantly is they asked if i could use my big mouth to uh, help out in any way. And, and my friend said, hey, we know you love suicidal. Why don't we get together, practice a set, and we'll play a set of suicidal tendencies. And you can live your dream set. And at the same time, we'll have an auction and, and do some things for the folks that need it. And, and of course, I jumped at that at the, at the moment they said so, that. So your first gig was a benefit gig? I, all, almost all of our gigs are, were, were or are benefits. Right. Nice. Uh, the last show we had for my birthday which is january 6th was probably the first in years that was actually for pleasure so and and over those benefit shows in in the past six or seven years we've raised over sixteen thousand oh dollars for God. friends who basically uh, you know at, at my age 53 things start happening health kind of yeah. goes out the window here and there people have you know things that are unfortunate in life that happen to them addictions and stuff like that so uh, I just looked around and saw friends having some problems and, and there was a need and the need to me was as my wife says and as I told you is to use my big mouth to help other people so what a better way than throw a couple f-words around <laughs> sing songs that I love and and get in front of a microphone and and raise money for people who need it nice nice so uh, speaking of the microphone so one of the things I wanted to mention is is how 
we come to know Frank. So uh, we are perusing the interweb, looking at uh, social networks, and we he actually posted his tattoo of an SM58 uh, in response to one of Shore's posts. And uh, I happened to notice he was from Hastings, Florida. So uh, here we are. This is actually our first episode that we were recording of our podcast. And uh, this just happened just a few days ago. And I thought, I got to meet this guy. So we kind of dropped what we we're doing, drove out here to St. Augustine, uh, not far from Hastings. Yeah, correct. To talk. So, so tell, me about, tell me about the tattoo. Well, um, growing up around musicians and, and music in general, that was literally the microphone you saw on every stage, even going back to, I'm talking the early 80s. And, and, and I'd like to say again, and this is a perfect example of what we talk about with the SM58, is that it doesn't matter if it's 10 years, 20 years, 50 years, this microphone's still going to work forever. And every dent and ding in, in this FM, SM58, just like all the others, tells the story of all those years and all those shows. So when I saw other people utilizing them, I said, hmm, well, I love those microphones. I really didn't know much about them at the time, but when I was younger, I finally started using a couple and the, and the sound quality was great. And everybody who used them at that time was really talking very well about them. And now many years later, I bought my own in uh, 2010. And I wasn't even doing any music, but I know I wanted to sure. And the, one of my other favorite parts about the SM58 in particular is it's affordable. You don't have to be a rock star celebrity. You don't have to be, you know, somebody with millions of dollars. You can be a poor college kid. You could be a middle-aged guy who loves suicidal tendencies, yeah. but you're talking 120, 30 bucks and you can get the best microphone there is in the world, in my personal opinion. Well, not only that, but I mean, some of those guys you're talking about, those millionaire rock stars, they choose to use and this microphone anyway. Right? I'd say yeah. more than anybody yeah. I know, and especially in the genre of music that I like, it is the microphone. And as evidenced by the most of the videos you see, you can see it. You know it's yeah. a Shure SM58 when you see it. And you know that, that every microphone that is a Shure SM58, like this one, has a story to tell about that person and the situations that they've been through. And more importantly to me is it's... As a person who's a front man or a vocalist, it's it's like your security blanket. And when you know if you're going to use it, abuse it, and bruise it, and it's still going to keep your voice strong, and it's never going to give up on you, you're never going to give up on it. And it's proven time and time again to me over the years that I will never, ever choose another because the one I use still works fabulous. It looks a little rough. But I think, again, just like our bodies and our lives, you know, we have dents and dings and chinks for a reason. And those reasons are the stories and the, and the things that we've lived through to tell about. And that's what sure to me represents is every show tells a story and every little piece that's either in that microphone, whether it's pristine or dinged up and smashed like this particular one, it really tells you the quality of sure is there and will be there forever. And in my case, again, knowing and watching those guys perform with those microphones and never hearing feedback, never hearing static, never hearing them go dead. It was a real easy choice for me to pick them up. And as I said, I just, you know, took the quarters out of my piggy bank basically and right. was able to buy a, the world's best microphone in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I happen to agree, but yeah. I am wearing the shirt. So and I, and I'm, <laughs> I'm sure. Are you sure? Cause we're sure, you know, and the reality of it is again is never in the history of rock and roll, Punk rock, classical, 
Has SM58 or Sure ever let any musician down that I'm aware of? I've never heard a bad statement from any person or anyone about it. We've used them for crowd control. You know, sometimes we use them for teeth chipping. <laughs> We've used them for, for sometimes better or worse for, for things that you probably shouldn't use them for. <laughs> but time and time again, they, they've given their voice to the voiceless and given people like me the opportunity to make sure that for 45 or 50 minutes of music, it was not gonna cut out and it's gonna be the best sounding vocal microphone for me personally. And I know, again, if, if it says used and abused as I've seen them from other people and musicians, that that's the story. The story is, is there's many of them out there for a reason. You can afford them and you're gonna keep them. And as I spoke to you a little earlier, I have a pristine one that I've had for 10 years that I've never even pulled out of the bag except to make sure it's still in there <laughs> because I'm, I, I can't, I have to use my friends. Yeah. And my friends tell me, hey, hey, Frank, you know, I'm your microphone. Keep me going as long as you can. And I'm happy to do it every day. That's cool. Cool. So how many members are in the band? Uh, it truly, like Suicidal Tendencies, we have a revolving group of folks, which is kind of amazing to me because, as I said, I don't come from really a musical background. I come from a big mouth and, again, a guy with a story. And I've found more amazing to me is people who've come out of the woodwork to, to volunteer their time and, and a truly talented musicians to be a part of me. So probably to date, we've had probably four different guitar players, few different bass players. Uh, my bass player actually had a heart attack the day before we were supposed to do a show. Oh my gosh. And we ended up doing the show the day after with another friend who never played suicidal tendencies in his life, who became a member for several years. Oh, nice. So, and then drummers, we've had a couple over the years. So it truly is kind of a community band and, and it really brings back to again for the reasons of helping others and for what we are standing for and what we're doing particularly in Slate Asidal is you know to service others to be a benefit to other people and they've come out of the woodwork and their talents are, are diverse you know some classical trained some punk rockers some rock and rollers so it's really been a hodgepodge of folks but to to probably give you a good idea i'd say there's probably at least 10 12 members yeah. that you know i've always been mm -hmm. the front man but of course i love all the people singing with me or doing backgrounds or whatever they want to yeah. do but truly has been a group effort and it still is to this day i'll have particularly as i said hopefully we'll be having a show coming up uh june 26th all right. and two of my older guitar players from past days volunteered to play guitar for this show Nice. So it truly is a kind Where of a guys full circle. Play? Right here at Nobby's on, nice. on the stage behind you, which so, is my so, favorite So place. that's a great segue into Nobby. So, yeah. so what's the story there? So this place definitely <laughs> has a lot of character. It's, this is St. Augustine's literally musical institution. It's, I've been coming here since 1986. And Nobby, the original owner, I uh, went to school at Flagler College here in St. Augustine. And in 1986, we were poor college kids. And we would come out here and have some beers and, and Nobby would say, you know, you guys aren't looking that good. You know, you probably should eat and stuff like that. But we were good at drinking beer, you know, so we, we did a lot of good drinking beer. So he ended up creating Tuesdays and Thursdays, $2, all you could eat spaghetti and meatballs so that he knew we were fed a couple days during the week. And we would come and enjoy that. And he, we had back in, again, showing my age, we had Spuds McKenzie mugs and he would hang them above the bar and it was 50 cent draft. So how could you beat $2 all you can eat spaghetti oh, and meatballs yeah, really? for 50 cents? college student. Yeah. And uh, we became very, he became like a second father to a lot of us. 
And back in those days, again, uh, the history of North Florida musicianship in general is, is varied and amazing. So a lot of those musicians who've gone on to great careers have come through here. The Outlaws, members of Skinner, members of, uh, uh, members of Molly Hatchet, you know, like I said, Flock of Seagulls. Yeah. We've had a great diverse group of people for 30 plus years coming here and that's kept me coming back. And, and when uh, Nobby passed it on to Dave, um, it, it drew me back in even more again because Dave's about my age or a little bit younger. So then we started kind of bringing together like some of the bands and stuff that were vintage, I guess you would say, right. to St. Augustine. And it truly gave us another reason to have reunions of sorts right. with a lot of folks and a lot of people that I hadn't seen in years because family, you know, family obligations, jobs, years yeah. go by. Yeah. And then here again, 20, 25 years later, music became a part of my life again in a major way. And those same people that were there 25 years ago are still here now and they're still enjoying music. And, and every one of them has a sure, I can assure you. So <laughs> nice. it's it's an amazing story yeah. of St. Augustine. Yeah, I like how show. when we walked in yeah. uh, before you arrived, there were sure microphones yeah. already set up. Certainly. Uh, most of them look like this one. Yeah. Uh, gives you an idea of what goes on here. Yeah. But uh but yeah, but they're still working and they're, they were live when we walked in. And they always will be here. And as we've alluded to many times, that's the testament to not only music, but the history and stories that the walls hide, yeah. that the microphones hide, that every person has that could probably tell you every single dink and dent. And Nobby's is, you know, it's a typical dive bar. It's not, you're not getting a you know, lobster and sirloin, <laughs> but Miss Mama Jill makes excellent food. They're Greek. So they do a lot of homemade Greek meals oh, and, nice. and Greek things. But more importantly, what you're going to find is a huge mix of people, a place where you're going to see every genre of music. And Nobby's is an institution that hopefully I will never see go away. And it's a very welcoming to everyone. And that's the most important thing I think in music is instead of exclusivity, you should have inclusive place for all people to gather, whether they like country, punk, yeah. rock and roll, classical, whatever. You can come in, feel safe, enjoy the music you like, and then possibly again, the mics are always on it. Nobby's, that's one of the things he says. So if you're a poet, or if you wanna come up here and play some horrible music, like in my case, <laughs> I can't play, so it would be horrible. But that would be the experience that you, I would hope have when you come to Nobby's is you feel like you have become part of a family and you'll yeah. never leave you. And there's many places that are, you know, a little fancier. There's many places that are a little more highfalutin, mm -hmm. but there's not many more places that are nitty gritty, real, and you will always have a true, real experience. Yeah, nice. So, other other musical, other musicians that have inspired you, other than suicidal. Um, my dad was a clarinet player. All right. So as a young child, I I went and saw a lot of big bands play. Uh, I've seen. Glenn Miller Orchestra play. I used to see Dizzy Gillespie play. I've seen Spiral Gyra play. So my musical tastes are all over the board. And I grew up as a kid listening to metal. A lot right. of it was metal. Judas Priest, Van Halen, uh, stuff of that nature. S.O.D. and M.O.D., which are two of the well, most well-known of the thrash rock genre, did uh, most of the recordings right in Pyramid Studios in Ithaca, New York, which is right outside of my hometown as a kid. So I'd sit outside and listen to those guys in there and just be like, wow, man, this is like the music that plays in my head that I can't get out, <laughs> you know? And, and so it became just a, 
a tra it's like a traveling, you know, to different countries. You know, I, I dabbled in every kind of music I could get my hands on. Roger Miller I listened to as a kid, you know, on 45s and speaking my age now again, but to, uh, to you know, Rapper's Delight by Sugar Hill Gang. Oh, yeah. I, I love to roller skate. So they would play a huge, you know, unlimited different music in there from, from Judas Priest to Michael right. Jackson and everything in between. So almost any kind of music I love. Now, Suicidal spoke to me. That's the difference in my love for Suicidal Tendencies is when I heard the first album, it spoke to me. It was like, yeah, as, as a youth and as a male, you know, you have a lot going on in your mind a lot of times. And that's what brought me to listen to that album for the first time. A friend of mine, Pete Deal, Fireman Pete, we call him, said, you gotta hear this stuff, man. This is, this is the stuff that I know you would love. And when I put that record on, I said, holy crap, this is it. And I fell in love with it. And then, you know, of course, over the years, as I said, I wasn't a musician musician at the time even. So I just got to enjoy that music as part of my life and as being a skater and a surfer. Mm -hmm. It really had meaning as well as in the activities that we would do. And then, as I said, I love all that genre, Pennywise, Mill and Colin. Uh, as I said, I'm a huge Jewish priest fan. I'm a huge... Um, uh, well, Sepultura, some of the old school Slayer, thrash music, um, Beastie Boys. I mean, I really am all over the charts. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. And it, it, and that I think, as we as evidenced by music now in 2021, it's it's the culmination of all those genres anyway. So, what about what about suicidal tendencies themselves? Have any of them reached out to I've, you? Like, I've, thankfully, you I've had some great times with those fellows. And uh, as I can show you or post later, I have some great pictures with Mike Mira, the leader of the Suicide Army. Dean Pleasance and I are friends. Uh, Rod Diaz. Now, uh, where are they from? Are they they're out uh, Southern California. Okay, yes. okay. Uh, but funny story, Mike Mira, the lead singer's grandparents lived in Live Oak for many years. Oh, so he right. had a true connection to Florida, to Florida for a yeah. long time. And they've passed away, unfortunately, over the years. But um, I was able to have some good talks and hang out with them. and. In the early days, it was unfortunately a little bit more rugged than that. I, <laughs> I had a tendency to get a little Everclear in me and uh, charge the bus a few times. It was told in no uncertain times to get the hell away from the bus or there'd be some trouble. And I said, I want to meet the band. I want to meet the band. And so over the years, uh, again, starting to see them in the 80s, I was able to find small enough shows where I could kind of talk to them. And hang out with them, watch Monday Night Football with them after the shows nice. in Rochester, New York. And, That's cool. and that was with the, a lot of the old lineup of Rocky George and uh, Luigi Mayorga and uh, Mikey Clark. Those guys were kind of the original folks in Suicidal Tendencies to the lineup they have now, which brings us back to the question before. They have a large turn, not a turnover, but a but large yeah. just pot of people to pick from yeah. that are fantastic musicians that play with them now. And so it's kind of funny, even though I never thought of it like that, but that's, that's what's happened to us. Yeah. So it's kind of a, you know, not a diverging tale, but a tale of like very similar things in some respects. And, and again, in my case, I've been so blessed in the music industry to be in the right place at the right time and never be afraid to like say, I'm with the band. You know, in the old days, I would just make laminates up. They wouldn't even have the band stuff on them and I'd flash them to security. <laughs> And, and, you know, 90% of the time it wouldn't work, but there'd be that time that they weren't even paying attention and they yeah. let me in there and I got to meet some great bands like that because awesome. I just had a laminate of some sort. So that 1999 for that laminating machine was probably the, one of the best investments I ever had. Nice. And uh, Suicidal, again, is to this day, um, as evidenced by their longevity, 
you know, here 35 years later and still playing strong. And Dave Lombardo joining them from Slayer. I mean, one of the best drummers in the world. We're still seeing them make good music, having good times. And when COVID's over, I fully anticipate getting to enjoy a few more shows with them. And last time I came, I, I had, as a joke, kind of had a sign I made up, let me sing one. So I put it up there in front of Dean and, you know, and, and finally, maybe they will. So after they hear this, Mike, Dean, Ra Diaz, Dave Lombardo, and uh, Mr. Ben, ben Wyman, if you're out there, next time you all come to Florida, I'd love to do one with you. You know what? We got to tag them, right? So when we oh, post this, that'd be fabulous. we'll tag them and see if they respond. That's fabulous. Yeah. And they're good guys. So I'm, I'm happy to know people that I enjoy and listen to are actually good human beings and, and good folks. And suicidal... For me, again, it's like a brotherhood. It's, it's, it's more than just a band. Mm -hmm. It's really people of like mine and, and suicidal for me. And as I say at every show, really, it's, it's a family. We're here together when we do music to enjoy a collective experience. And that experience, should, you should want that in music. Mm -hmm. And most people come to, come to want that. And my message is always the same. Together, we're strong. You know, we can always pick each other up. We can always put a hand out, mm -hmm. put a hand up pick your brothers up, get everybody to the next level, keep on reaching for a higher ground. You know, that's what my message is. And that's what suicide has always said to me. Of course, people hear the name and they're like, well, it's, you know, it's death metal or those yeah. guys are bad. Or, that's the total opposite of what their message is. Right. So again, really it boils down to positivity and togetherness and mosh pits and stuff are nothing new it's just guys way and lend girls way of in getting a little energy out and making sure that we're we're enjoying life and if if it comes to somebody gets knocked down we pick them up if it comes down to a little bumps and bruises hey man those are great stories in the end <laughs> and as i said and i got crowd control here just in case i get a little too close to the stage so and then i'm going to welcome everybody to come up and sing with us too you yeah. know that's what the best part about life is is and if you've seen suicidal tendencies over the years, you'll see they invite the whole crowd up on stage at the end to just have one big hanging around shindig together to just promote unity, togetherness, brotherhood, and positivity. And that's why I think in 35, 36 years later, it still is the same message to me and that I try to give to others. Yeah. Well, I think it's great what you guys are doing and giving back and helping friends and lifting them up. I think uh, it's a great way to celebrate music. And and the and the microphone. So. Sure, sure. Yeah, so. And and you know this as you know representing sure that it's kind of easy sell. It truly is. You know, it's the best. Well, don't tell them that. Well, I mean, <laughs> to me it is. So you know, if and again, as as I stated earlier, it's not that it's not affordable. So let none yeah. of that stuff will ever hamper you from yeah. getting the best microphone, in my opinion, in history. And as a matter of fact, you know, with if you got COVID funds, pick up two. Because that way you can have a friend join you. You know what I mean? What's better than having we, you and a friend? We should hire you. Hey, well, <laughs> we don't got to worry about it. Because every, every time we have gigs, I tell them the same thing is, all right, you know, and I say the same thing. I got my sure. Remember, that thing hurts if I whack you. So keep yourself a little bit back from the mic and keep give me a little few feet. And they, you know, of course, people laugh and stuff, but truly... Truly, it is a grateful feeling to have equipment that never fails on you, to have something that's literally like your, like Linus with his blanket. 
It's my true friend. Yeah. I'd sleep with it if my wife would let me, you know, but she won't, of course, because yeah. like I said, I'll run well, one night, I'd turn over and whack her. Yeah. And the bacteria, <laughs> kind, but it is my spit. So at least she's used to my spit. You know what I mean? It wouldn't be too bad, but really it all boils down to Mr. Clinton is what we said is even conversations like this. The reason we're having it is we all have a mutual love for the same thing, which is music. And in some cases, church choirs, yep. some cases, poets. Oh, Some yeah. cases, you know, the spoken word, comedians, but the, the same will always hold true. You're going to be heard. Yeah. You got SM58 and you're, you got that thing on some volume, you're going to be heard. And your voice will be clear and crisp and concise. Even when it's mangled and smangled like this, there's just no way around. The quality is sure. And, and again, uh, you know, I say this stuff because I'm a fan. I will always be a fan. I will always purchase shirts. But unfortunately... You know, they last so long that it's sometimes hard to, yeah, <laughs> to well, say, I probably should get a new one now. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. and Well, uh, you're going to laugh when you see what I've got for you. Oh, boy. But, but I, And I love, I love the fact, again, that we can have this conversation today, which is alluded to when you first had started this conversation with me, is there's a story. And when you see something that's out of the ordinary yeah. or you see something that's like, well, that's kind of neat. We got to know. And, and yeah. in, in this situation, like I said, I started thinking, okay, as I was telling you, this is the first time I ever got an exposed tattoo because usually my, in the professional setting, my tattoos are unknown. Yeah. And I started thinking about my birthday coming up and I wanted to get a tattoo. And, and my wife was one of the really people that really kind of pushed. She said, you know, you, you, love, you love your mic. You're, you're good on that mic. People love you with that mic. And it, it's kind of identifies you. And I said, well, that's kind of interesting. So I started searching on the internet, and there's very few people that have microphone tattoos. Probably, and if I they mean, do, probably for valid reasons. And I mean. if they do, it's a super fifty. I don't know if when you Googled the uh, microphone tattoos, typically what you see is the super fifty-five. That's right. right yeah. yeah, the Unidyne. Yes, right. So because it's kind of a classic yes. style. But yeah, you're right. So when, when I saw that, it immediately stood out. And yeah. same with me. I saw maybe two or three, but they were a little bit different. And then I started talking to my tattoo artist, Jesse Britton, who's a fantastic guy. And he said, well, why don't we just model it after your mic? You know, if you want a realistic tattoo, why don't we just get take a picture of your mic and make a tattoo out of it? And I said, huh, that's a very good idea. And then I started thinking, like we joke all the time, talking to the mic, you know, hey, how you doing, yo? So that's kind of where it ended up in a perfect location. Of course, Slade Asylum's my band. So it's really what this... Tattoo signifies as Slade Asidal telling the world that we're together, we're strong, we're united, and through music, anything can be accomplished in this world. I mean, how can you top that? So I hope you enjoyed the interview with Frank. I certainly did. We had a great time together. So please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and tune in to our next one coming to you soon.